What I want to speak about today is to continue looking at uh, the, the series that I was doing of Fathering Nations. I really felt the Lord was saying to me, this is what's required right now, that we, we rise above the, the rhetoric, the narrative, the propaganda, all of that, and, and we, we look at it from a heavenly perspective. Not looking from the earth to heaven, but looking from heaven to the earth. And only really mature saints are going to do that. Now, it's available to If you get born again two minutes ago, that's available to you. But it's really only mature saints that will function from that place. So really what I'm looking at is today is seated at rest. And it is, only people seated at rest can really take a perspective on what's happening to affect it from a kingdom perspective and a kingdom point of view. Okay, So I want to read first of all Psalm 2, uh, the second Psalm. I believe I read this on uh, the Lord's Day message I did the other uh, day, but I really feel it's important to look at it again. Because this is talking about being seated in the heavens. Uh, and that's so vital. I don't want to be um, sitting in a bunker. I don't want to be sitting, you know, looking at things. That even, even in your living room, looking at Sky News and BBC News and all that junk. I want to be seated beside Christ, in Christ, with Christ, looking down on the earth and hearing King Jesus saying to me what his will and purpose is. So why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Or why are the nations in a tumult? Or why are the nations fighting? And it says, the, and it gives us the reason, the kings of the earth set themselves and his rulers take counsel together or conspire together uh, against Yahweh, the Father God, and against his anointed being Christ. So they're anti-Christos, they're a, Antichrist, they're against Christ, they're antichrist. And what are they saying? This is what they're saying. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Now, yeah, I don't want to exegete this too much. I just feel the Lord wants it to be read as an introduction. But let me say right here, I'm reading the words of Vladimir Putin, who's saying mm -hmm. that the reason that he is alarmed at the West and Western powers is because they've cast away their cords. Yes. And, that they're, they're, and he speaks about uh, the, the, the lifestyles of the West, the decadence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, I'm alarmed. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Are you pro-Putin then? No, I'm pro-God's word. That's it. Okay, and, and I, I like a guy, I, I like to remember a, a friend of mine told me once, uh, he was an anti-abortion campaigner. And he, he, he was campaigning against abortion um, and he was, a lot of Roman Catholics were obviously with him and Cardinal Winninger or something had said something and they, they tried to trap this guy by saying, oh, so you're agreeing with Cardinal Winning then? And he said, no. He said, it's just very good to hear for once that Cardinal Winning is agreeing with the word of God. Yeah. And I'm saying the same here, I'm not pro-Putin. Okay, but I think he was put in for a reason. Amen. Amen. And uh, let me just tell you, the enemies of God and their stuff don't like that reason. No, they don't. So 
uh, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cause from us, is what the kings of the earth and their rulers, and how many know that's not always the same people? Okay, that's what they're saying right now. They have an anti-God, an anti-Christ agenda. And what they're saying is, we don't want this book anymore. We don't want the morals, the values, the principles. We don't want the God that this book speaks about. We want to be our own gods, do our own thing. And in fact, we'll make men in our image, which is the transhuman agenda. Okay, and Putin is fighting that. He tells us. Okay, the very fact that he mentions it's there and we know it's there, there, there's something going on. So, oh, let's all get our Russian flags out and let's all say we stand with Russia. We stand with God's kingdom. Amen. That's who we stand with, with Christ and his, you know, God doesn't have an agenda. He has his purpose and his word and his will. Men have agendas. Okay, and agendas are formed from opinions. God doesn't have an opinion. How many know that? Oh, well, we want God's opinion. No, we don't want God's opinion. He doesn't have one. He has his will. And we must follow it. Then he says, and this is what I want you to see. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Yahweh shall have them in derision. Um, That's what it says. And then, of course, the King James has it in small capital, so it would just be, wouldn't be Yahweh in the King James. We need to check the Greek, the Hebrew of that, sorry. Um, I think I pointed this out the other day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the new King James has got it right here, or the King James, but let's face it, Yahweh and... Yeah, I know it's, it's in capitals here in the new King James. I have the new King James, the spiritual yeah. But, but it, it does have it in the King James as Lord. doesn't really matter because it's the same. <laughs> you know, Jesus and the Father aren't going to differ, okay? Yes. So the Lord shall have them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them or vex them in his deep displeasure. Yet I've set my king in my holy hill of Zion. I will declare a decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nation's for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. The ends of the earth are not some, you know, just oh, corners of the globe type statement. Any, you know, the far-flung reaches of earth. They are a specific geographical location. So, folks, this this is speaking about the British Isles. Yes. Okay. Now you might say, well, oh, oh, what's what's that all about? Well, folks, who's prodding the bear? Yeah. We are. Not even the Americans. And, and you know, if you read what the Russians have said, they said that they went on this nuclear alert yes. because our foreign secretary yes. started speaking about taking military action. Yeah. Okay? So we're in this. But the sad thing about this is, is that this part, this psalm is telling us that it's the kings of the earth yeah. that are the problem. In other words, it's the Western powers that are the problem. Okay, it's the Western powers that need sorted out. Does Putin need sorted out? I don't doubt it. Does Russia need sorted out? Absolutely. But folks, I don't live in Russia. Putin is not my president. And you could argue it's not even our war. And then actually you say, well, it's none of our business. But folks, I'm reading God's word and it says the kings of the earth are the problem in the earth. 
The, the, the problem that the nations right now are in a tumult. And it, and it ain't kings, you know, in deepest, darkest Africa or in South America. You know, what I'm trying to say to you is the kings of the earth, when it's speaking about this, in our era, in our generation, in our time, is Europe, really. And quite frankly, all the monarchies of Europe um, are, are really kind of sideshows now. The powerful monarchy in the earth right now is the throne of Britain. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking this weekend on uh, the Apostle Paul and the prophetic destiny of Britain. And indeed that will include and incorporate a look at British royalty. So I, I'm kind of steeping myself in all this, just although I, it's what I'm really about ministry-wise a lot anyway. But so, so I'm seeing things through, you know, the prism, the lens, if you like, of our place here in Britain and yeah. in the earth. Because mm -hmm. we're right at the heart of this. Mm -hmm. I believe we've been chosen by the globalist cabal mm -hmm. to be the ones that really prod the bear. Okay? And I don't like that. Because that's not our role in the earth. No, it's not. I believe Britain's role in the earth is to be a peacemaking, peacekeeping nation. And I don't mean the kind of peacekeeping that we've so-called been engaged in, no. which involves needless slaughter of no. people. No. Mm -hmm. The peacekeeping of Blair no. yeah. and others. I'm talking real peacekeeping. Mm -hmm. I'm talking that vision that we spoke about a few weeks back of the Apostle Paul preaching from Ludgate Hill and saying there's coming a king who will be a healer of the nations. Yeah. That's what I want from our monarchy, yeah. and that's what I want from our government. Yes. You, you need to jump me here and put me back on the, <laughs> back on the path here, because I'm, I'm, I'm preaching too much about the psalm. Um, and, and I just want to read it and then press on to other matters that, that affect us as a remnant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... He says, I've set my king with holy love Zion. I'll just read the rest of the psalm. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. We've read that. But you shall break them with the rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be ye in instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son. Embrace the Lord Jesus, in other words, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Just one thing I will say about that before I move on to where I want to go. He's saying here, don't get Jesus angry. Now, folks, you'll perish in the way, he says, if it happens. Now, that might be through prod and the bear. But, but, folks, that's why it's so important for us, as I move into what I want to talk about today, to take this and understand what the Lord is saying to us today. Because world peace isn't in the hands of Boris Johnson no. and Liz Truss no. and all these characters. World peace is in our hands. Yes. Because it's in the Lord's hands. And we're in his hands because we're his remnant people. So let's look at seated at rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 uh, says, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. 
I think, was it yourself who was speaking on this last week? Yeah. There's a rest to be had. But it doesn't mean lying on your couch <laughs> and watching old matinee movies and TCM, or in my case, it'd be westerns. <laughs> Amen. Let's get the westerns on. Praise the Lord. I've got plenty to watch. I've got a few recorded. Glory to God. But there remains a rest. So he's not talking about that type of rest. He's not talking about an afternoon nap. He's talking about functioning from a place of rest. And we're looking at it in terms of fathering nations and getting back into that a study of being a father to your nation. The Lord wants everybody here to be a father to this nation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, well, I'd rather use the term mother. That's fine, unless it's you and I, Michael. <laughs> Amen. But Jesus said that he would have been a mother, didn't he, to Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. What he's talking about here is that function of parenting. And he's talking about being mature. Amen. If you're more childish than your children. (laughs) That's a dysfunctional family. Okay? We expect parents to be mature. And maturity is what the Lord has been teaching us all along. You know, Cam talking about decrees and all these things. They are not designed to keep you a child of God as in childlike or childish. We all should be childlike, yes. But we should not be childish. So every time you decree... What you're actually doing is you are charging up your spirit man and releasing yourself into greater levels of maturity. Because mature people know who they are. Babies don't know who they are, do they? And, and little children don't know who they are. They don't know, you know, and, and they, even when they do, they don't always have, you don't give a 10-year-old uh, boy a shotgun for his birthday and send him at the back to shoot some birds or rabbits. Amen? Amen. Now, you might give a young man a shotgun under supervision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but you don't say, there's your shotgun, and we off into the woods and enjoy it. Do what you like. Don't do it. Why? He's not yet mature enough to handle that level of power. Mm-hmm. But folks, that's why it's so important for us to get mature. Like we were talking just quite recently about uh, doing business in the courts and the throne room. You can't do that if you're not saved. And you certainly shouldn't do it if you're a young Christian and you don't know what you're doing. Because you will get creamed. We've seen it in here. And I've seen mature saints in here immediately being attacked, literally with a heart attack. Because they stepped over in a place they shouldn't have because they didn't have that level of authority because they didn't have that level of maturity. For folks, this is a serious business we're talking about. Just like being a a parent is. Mm -hmm. Amen? You mess up being a parent and and the the results can be catastrophic. That's true. So I want to talk about being a father as as being mature. So being a father is being at rest. Mm -hmm. Okay? It is the place of maturity. It is the place of peace, strength, and security. When crises happen, family members run to the dad. Don't they? I'm not saying don't run to their mum. I'm talking about the parent then, if you want to, 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 to 
degenderalize it. <laughs> Degender it. But I'm saying, you know, I'm looking at it fathering because the word uses, God's word uses fathers as being a metaphor for maturity. Yeah. Okay? So in a sense, every mature saint, male or female, is, is a father. Okay? Family members run to the father when there's a crisis. Okay? He is the person of strength and unflappable demeanor in times of trouble. And you know, that's why the Bible uh, speaks about how national leaders should be fathers. In Isaiah chapter 22, uh, you've got a guy who's the chamberlain or the prime minister of Judah at the time, a guy called Shebna, and the Bible says he was a treasurer or he was a mercenary. He was somebody who was out to line his own pockets and further his own interests. And God says, remove this guy, take all the symbols of office, and place them on a guy called Eliakim, which means God, rise, God will, will rise. Because mm -hmm. and, and why did he say, in fact, let's just go there. Let's not just talk about it. Um, Isaiah 22. And we'll read what it actually says. See, this is what God is looking for from national leaders. And you want the truth? He's not getting it. So that's why God has uh, a contingency plan or he has what, what we would call a check and a balance. So God imposes standards, principles um, upon national leaders. Mm -hmm. David says, he that rules over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. So if somebody who's ruling over men isn't just, isn't ruling in the fear of God, but is engaged in the Psalm 2 conspiracy against God, God has to have a human being in the earth who is a counterbalance to that, who can, who, who can um, in effect, bring those wicked and rebellious leaders to account. In the courts, who is that person? It's the least of saints. It's every saint. It's the old biddy that comes to church and cleans the carpets. Yeah. And nobody really knows her. What's that old lady's name? She's at every service. You know, but she never ever does anything. She never preaches. Folks, she's in her prayer closet. Yeah. And she is speaking to the boss of Putin. To the boss of Boris Johnson. She, she's cut out the middleman because she's praying to the one seated at God's right hand. And she's, she's asking for change. And you know, God answers her prayer. God answers your prayer. If you will take the time to go before God and say, I choose to be a father. I choose to be a mother in the nation. I choose to take responsibility. And that's what I'm talking about this afternoon. Will you and I take responsibility for the future of Scotland, for the future of Britain? I don't mean just come to the odd meeting and you get all shabbed up. Amen. Oh, yes, it was a great meeting. Well, our meetings are great. But I'm not talking about the odd time. Oh, shakamundo. <laughs> I'm talking about lifestyle. I'm talking about getting up in the morning, get, you know, I got woke up in the middle of the night with a prophetic word for the nation. 
Did I say, Lord, I want to sleep? No, I didn't. Why? Because it's, it's a privilege. It's a responsibility, but it's a privilege. And I can tell you right now, I'll tell you this for a fact. Sometimes the Lord speaks to me about the nation when I'm, when I'm not spiritual or when I'm not really in that zone. And he'll just, boom. Why? Because I signed up for this. It doesn't matter if I'm ready or not or I'm in the, I'm in the zone. I'm ready, Lord. I'm shabbered up. But sometimes you're not. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes you're sitting picking your nose. Oh. Am I right? <laughs> Please, no. Right, no, I said you're. Not, not we. Not I. Do you understand? Sometimes you're maybe sitting watching EastEnders. Never. <laughs> but you understand what I mean, though? You're not in that place. You're not as holy. Oh, yes, I'm up with you. Yes, Lord, here am I. Not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're maybe at Asda or something. You understand? Because we all live a natural life. Yeah. But we're supposed to live it supernatural. Anyway, that's a different message. So, Isaiah 22. So, and, and this is what I'm saying. This is a responsibility that we have. So, Isaiah 22, and it says that... Um, Verse 15. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, go proceed to this steward. I like the King James, it says treasurer. Because what it means is, this guy's a master. He's counting, he's counting the money. Okay, he's counting how much he can make. You know, he's in his office, his political office, but he's saying, I wonder how much I can get for giving a speech. Yeah. Writing my memoirs. Doing the circuit. Look what Tony got. What can I get? <laughs> to Shebna, who is over the house, and say, What have you here? And whom have you here that you've hewn a sepulchre here? And see who hews himself a sepulchre and high who carves a tomb for himself in a rock. A little bit of backstory very quickly. Shebna commissioned a tomb to be built for himself among all the nobles and aristocrats and rich people. Okay? So, so I don't know that he could pay for that on his public salary. But notice that Shebna, all Shebna has is a ministry of death. Okay, he's actually obsessed with death. And that when he dies, people will say, that guy Shebna, look, look where he's took, look at that wonderful tomb. He must have been some guy. Imagine being concerned about your reputation after you die. This guy's values are all warped. Okay, he's a mercenary. He's a hireling. And then it says, indeed, Yahweh is going to throw you away violently Almighty man, and I believe that's in a mocking way, yeah. and will surely seize you. He will surely turn violently and toss you like a ball into a large country. There you shall die, and there your glorious chariots shall be the shame of your master's house. Or we'd say today, there your limos, your long stretch limousines that you're prancing around in, and it's just, it's going to be the shame. So I will, watch this, this is God's word, I believe, to every uh, self-seeking, self-serving, narcissistic politician that we have in our Western so-called democracies. Yes. I will drive you out of your office and from your position he will pull you down. Yes. Then it shall be in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe 
and strengthen him with your belt. Okay, now that was actually a sash. Okay, that went over his, his shoulder. It was, a, it was a ceremonial thing. Um, I will commit your responsibility into his hand. Okay? I will commit your government into his hand is what it means. He shall be a father. He shall be a father. He shall be a father. That's what God wants in offices of power. Not mercenaries. Not celebrities. Not people who will end up being an am a celebrity, get me out of here. Not people who are going to look to cash in after they've done their 10 years duty. He will be a father. You know what? Fathers never retire. And fathers never walk away from being fathers. A lot of these guys walk away, don't they? Not my job anymore. But fathers can't walk away. He shall be a father, look at this, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In other words, the people. And to the house of Judah. In other words, he's saying, these guys have got fathering nations in their heart and fathering peoples in their heart. So fathers, what's a fathering leader going to do? He's going to go before the throne of glory and he's going to beseech God on his throne for the people and for the nation because he's got a father's heart and fathers cry out to God for those that are under their fathering care. But mercenaries don't care. And that's why I'm saying to you, our need, our crying need, is for leaders with a father and heart. And right now we are those leaders because you're not going to find them in 10 Downing Street. Nope. You're not going to find them in Butte House. You're not going to find them sitting in their stonewall conferences. You're not going to find them in the political assemblies that are there. But God is saying today to the people in this room, if you will allow me to do it in you, I will raise you up and send you into those assemblies and into those offices of power and you will speak truth to power. And when you speak it and release it, if those people don't heed your voice, I will pull them down like Shebna and I will replace them with Eliakim. And folks, you might be some Eliakim sitting here today. But, but it's still our job to call Eliakim's into office. Yes. The key, now folks, the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, it tells us in Isaiah. And of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Now I want, I want, what I'm saying today is God wants peace in the nations. God wants peace on earth. And he, Jesus, is the Prince of Peace, but he's also the everlasting Father doesn't say that God the Father is the everlasting Father in that passage in Isaiah. It says Jesus is. Why does it say Jesus is? Because Jesus came to show us the Father. And if Jesus isn't like his Father, we've got a problem. Because if Jesus showed us anything else other than the Father, we've got a problem. 
You know, we, we, oh, we need to be more Christ-like. Well, Jesus says, I just came to show you the Father. I just came to tell you what the Father said. And I just came to show you what the Father does. You see, if the, ever, if the Father, God the Father, Yahweh, must permeate everything that we do. That's why God says that maturity is, fa- is fathering, is being fathers. Because he is in us, living through us, as us. Amen. Just like he was in Jesus, living through Jesus, and demonstrating himself through Jesus. So, what he's saying here is the key of the house of David, which is the key of governance. There's a whole bunch of stuff that the key of David covers, and one day I'd like, or not one day, it'll be a long time, we do we cover what all, because it, it covers a vast uh, spectrum of stuff. I mean, there's authority and all that, but the key of the house of David is on the guy who God says he's a father. And I want to say this to you, you will not function in the key of David unless you have a father in heart. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm just going to share this with you, what I believe God showed me. The prophetic word I put up um, during the night on the group covers this a little bit, but I'll, I'll explain it a little bit more what the Lord showed me. Putin, Putin has, in a sense, a father's heart in that he wants to protect his people. But he, he's, he's reacted in fear. Seeing the encroaching Western powers, seeing that you know they're coming closer and closer to his borders, it's like he finally snapped. And you know, we can understand it, but I believe because fathers will allow God or cry out to God to settle disputes between nations. In Isaiah chapter 2. It says, in the latter days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be over all the other mountains, the seven mountains. Okay, now I believe he's talking there about mountains being kingdoms, nations, empires, France, Belgium, England, all that stuff. I believe he's talking about that. The EU and stuff. Facebook is a mountain. Uh, Twitter is a mountain. Okay, Instagram. They're all mountains in that they're collectives of people that, that have massive sway and influence. And of course the seven mountains, which is education, media, government, all that stuff, okay? So over the mountains, God's mountain will sit. Yeah. And we are the Zion of God. We are God's mountain. The remnant are the ones who will manifest this, folks. Because let me tell you, the mainstream church is not going to do it. No. They, they have no chance because they're not even connected so this is a remnant function, a remnant job, which means it re- requires fathers and mothers of nations. Amen. People who say, I'll take responsibility, Lord, my job, it's up to me. But it says, in fact, let's just go there, keep your finger on 22, and then just go to Isaiah 2, just so that I get it right. And notice how a lot of this stuff was Isaiah's to prophesy. Mm-hmm. It says... Verse 2, it shall come to pass in the latter days, how many believe are in the last days, the latter days, that the mountain of Yahweh's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, the seven mountains, all, all the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. 
All nations shall flow to it. Who believes this? Who believes there's coming a time and we're stepping into it right now? All nations. Oh, but what about the goat nations? Well, goat nations are covered. All nations. All nations shall flow to what? To Zion, to the Lord's, the mountain of the Lord's house. And many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We shall walk in his paths. Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations. Or one translation says, he will settle disputes between nations. You see, that's where I think Putin made his mistake. And I think it is a mistake. But in all of that, we don't know what the Lord's purpose is with all this. But what I will say is this. I just discern and feel Putin didn't have enough faith to say God will settle this. So that folk didn't have to die. Including his own troops. Does that make sense? You see, if you're the leader of a nation, if you and I were made prime minister right now, what's the one thing we would do more than we've ever done in our lives? Pray. Because we don't have a clue. But if you're arrogant and don't want to ask God, then you'll not pray. You'll just say, oh, well, I'll. well you'll, you'll surround yourself with advisors. And, and, and you'll do, you know, you'll follow, you and, and of course, you'll, you'll phone up Uncle Claus um, in the World Economic Forum and ask him what to do. Amen? The, the president of the Intergalactic Council. Yes. Amen? <laughs> so, so in other words, you'll do the exact opposite. But we wouldn't because we would pray because we need God's wisdom. And we need leaders who understand that yes. and who say, Lord, I really need the Lord. Yes. And I need Bill McMurdo to come in and advise me. Yes. I need those folks at the Remnant Army that meet on a Wednesday because they know what's going on in the nations long before anyone else. Amen. And they see to the very I need them coming in yeah. and praying for me, laying hands on me yeah. and, and, and directing my policies because yeah. yeah. they don't have an agenda other than... A kingdom one. Yeah. So he'll, the, he'll, he'll, he will, and then of course it speaks about beating your swords into plowshares and so on. Nation shall not rise against nation and they'll not learn war anymore. I love that phrase. Mm -hmm. War has to be learned. Anyway, back to Isaiah 22 and see what it says here. You know, I don't even get any, any of my notes here, hardly. <laughs> he'll open, none shall shut. He'll shut and none shall open. He will become a glorious throne in his father's house. Who wants to be a glorious throne in his father's house? See, God is saying to us today that he reigns, he rules, yes. but you know what? He wants to, listen to this, the God of heaven wants to share his authority, his dominion, his very throne, his throne room with you and I because we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, when you'll find fathers in the home, folks, and we're talking about uh, being seated. Fathers are in the house, aren't they? When you wanted to, to, to your dad, you went, you went to, to his house, didn't you? Mm -hmm. And where was he? In his favourite chair. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Where, where's dad? Oh, he's, he's, he's in. He's, he's through there sitting down. 
in his favourite chair. Because fathers are in the home and that's where they belong. Fathers don't rush about or use or exert needless energy. He that sitteth in the heavens. God ain't running about. God ain't pacing the floor, wringing his hands, saying, what we're going to do next, Holy Spirit. Jesus, you got any ideas? He's seated, laughing. You don't summon a father, folks. You go to a father. Yeah? Now, I, I know you, I'm, you, you say, I, I, I'm talking about Almighty God. Of course I am. I'm talking about you and I. You see, we don't run around responding and reacting. If you live a life where you're always responding and reacting, you are being led and ruled by events. But you're not supposed to be led and ruled by events. You're supposed to be led and ruled by the Holy Spirit. And you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to stay. Yes. He comes to dwell. It isn't, well, I'll go and can for 10 minutes and then I'll jump over to Agnes. Uh, and, and Jane Mary have not been in her for a while. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. Mm-hmm. Not flutter on us. And, oh, well, oh, 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 don't leave what they're doing. Oh, I'm off. Now, we can grieve the Spirit, but he won't leave. Mm-hmm. And folks, much of our activity... And this is true, I I believe this is true of mainstream Christianity. Much of of our activity is trying to get our Father in heaven to come down here to us. Oh God, if you would only intervene. Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens and come down. That's old covenant thinking. He did intervene. He sent you. But Lord, we need you to come to our nation right now. Well, you're there. And I'm in you. Jesus is in you and the Holy Ghost is in you. What more do you need? You got a Bible? Yeah. Look, shiny new Bible. Oh, yes. Amen. Genuine leather. Amen. Well, what more do you need? And you've got your brothers and sisters. What more? What more do you need? Oh, we need more, Lord. Well, what more do you need than me and your Bible? And let me just tell you right now, the Apostle Paul didn't have a Bible. He didn't have 66 books printed and published by Thomas Nelson. Did he? In a shiny black leather cover. Smith's sewn with ridges on the side. He didn't have that. Neither did the early church. Remember the, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Folks, praying thy kingdom come is not summoning the Father from his place no. of rest to come down here and do something about our problems. Mm-hmm. But most Christians think that way. Wow. If I could just get God stirred up enough to come down and bring revival. Exactly. When you pray this, he's going to send you to bring the kingdom. Amen? And back you with angelic support. He keeps calling himself the Lord of hosts because he's saying, I've got lots of angels and they're idle. Big hint. Lord of hosts. 
hosts, not some, not one each. You ever thought about asking the Lord to multiply the angels that you have? Because you're stepping into a new level. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you, there's millions sitting around. We need to understand that the kingdom of heaven functions from rest. God is not going to get up off his throne. Why? Because kings are seated. We talk about making decrees. Kings don't stand up to decree. They sit on their throne because that's where they belong. And when you and I decree, we decree from rest. We don't decree, oh Lord, do something spectacular you've never thought of and you've never done before. And if you start thinking like that, that's just fairy tale stuff. God is always going to do what he said he would do and what he's already done. The finished work of Christ. Oh Lord, defeat the devil. Well, I already did. I'm just waiting on you to realize it and speak it. Then I'll manifest. Jesus is what at God's right hand? Seated. He's not jumping up and down. He's not pacing up and down the carpet saying, I don't know what to do now. This is too much for me, Lord. Father, you've given me too great a responsibility. I don't know what to do next. He's seated. Yahweh, his father himself, is also sitting at rest. They're sitting down like that. It's on you, Ellen. It's on you, Agnes. It's on you, Jane Marie. You've got my word. You've heard great preaching. You get great preaching here, haven't we? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about me alone. I'm talking about Karen and Isabel. A father's role is to sit at rest in his house. Mm-hmm. See, the Lord's saying, not saying to us, well, you do all the pacing, you do all the worrying, you do all the, oh, what's going to happen next? No, no, no. He's saying, you do what I do. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Why would you sit down? Because there's nothing to be scared of. Most homes have a father's chair in them, don't they? This is not because fathers are typically lazy or incapacitated. <laughs> Amen? It's not because they're lazy. Well, why is it? It's because we expect a father to be seated at rest in his own home. Okay? Does that mean that fathers don't, don't hoover, David? <laughs> fathers are seated at rest. That's what the, amen. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about fathering nations here and the same principle applies. Mm-hmm. Fathers of nations are not off wandering. They are seated in their rest, communing with Yahweh, Jesus and the Holy Ghost until their nation calls on them for wisdom and counsel. Let me tell you, you should be sitting there today expecting that one day the leaders of our nation are going to chap that door yes. and say, and, and you ought to be expecting more than anybody because you've got that prophetic promise. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And, but we all need to, why? Because Paul was called, and I'll be preaching this on Saturday, not in our place, in the other meeting I'm going to. Paul was called to the Gentiles, Paul was called to his, the children of Israel, and Paul was also called to kings. We're called to kings. It is our calling. Well, I, I've never had that. Well, you will if you believe for it. Sadly, we see many who are called to father the nation running off to build their ministries. 
in other nations. See, if you're here, God's called you here. Amen? But you get these people, don't you? Um, you know, I'm not going to say too much about this. I'm called to the nations. Are you? That's good. Very few are, by the way, to called in that global capacity. Amen? I don't, I don't, I get asked all the time to preach in other nations. Don't I? I never, never, ever go, why? I'm called to here. True fathers are not interested in building ministries. Oh, I'm, you know, my ministry, my ministry, my ministry. <laughs> true fathers desire, a true father's desire is to see the government of God established in the nation they are called to be a father to. And then maybe go elsewhere. But you know what? Um, if, you're, if your tap's leaking, okay, you don't go around setting up a plumbing business, fixing other folks' taps till you fix your own. Mm. Yeah? Mm. If, 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 maybe that's not the best analogy. We put it another way. If your sewage pipe's broken, you don't go around fixing other folks' sewage pipes till you fix your own. Mm. Because you need to deal with the you-know-what mm. in your own backyard. And that's, what, that's true ministry is to say, Lord, I'm here. I take responsibility for the poop that's happening here. It's true. The nations don't need men and women who know how to carve a ministry out of the church mountain here now. A lot of people are slick. They know how to build a ministry. You know, they know how to be good administrators, good managers, good marketing people. That's all we need. Right, come up with a, a snappy wee logo and a wonderful wee catchphrase. Yeah, we, we, we've seen it all. Mm. Nations don't need men like that. They need men, heaven sent men and women from the glory who have been on Yahweh's mountain mm. and have come with the life-releasing technology of higher dimensions that solve the problems of humanity. Yes. That's what we need. That's it. I need something from God today to fix yes. Scotland today. Do you know what we just sang? That song, yeah. the wilderness, the barren land. That's what Gangad translates to. Rough ground, barren land, wilderness. So that song is prophetic for here, for our church here. You know, and and I'll tell you right now, it's a whole lot better out there than it was 30, 40 years ago. But there's still a lot of work needing done. The wilderness must be transformed. I'm going to go and try and find a wilderness in China. I'm going to go and try and find a wilderness in South America. Why? There's plenty of wilderness and barren land here. But I'm called to the nations. So therefore, if I'm called to nations, I need to get the you-know-what. No, that's just an excuse for you to get the you-know-what. And you're full of Mm self-importance. We need men who are mature fathers who come from a place of rest. They sit in their own rest, which is built on Yahweh's rest. And I'll bring this to a close soon, folks. If we're functioning from rest, it isn't our rest. Our rest could be laziness. Or misplaced, like you said, lying in the couch. <laughs> you, you, can, you can be really super busy, but, but still at rest. Because yeah. our rest is built on Yahweh's rest. Yeah. In other words, what's Yahweh doing? What did, Jesus, what did Jesus say every second of every day? What did I see the Father doing? What did I, see the, what did I hear the Father say? Should we be living any different? Yeah. And, and if you read his word, it, Lord, what, what's this... Russian business, what's going on? You're laughing? 
You're holding these leaders in derision? Yeah. Aren't you panicking? No. <laughs> no, he's laughing. Why? Because he's at rest. He knows the end from the beginning. See, he has a completely different perspective to ours. He sits in the heavens and laughs. In the midst of all the turmoil in the nations, someone, capital S, is sitting down and laughing. Someone, capital S, is at rest. That someone is our God, our Father, Yahweh. He's not fretting or jumping about, wringing his hands, saying, what are we going to do? Some bad people got elected. But he didn't get in. How did I not see it? See, that's Christian. Why did we not see this? I'll tell you why. Because we weren't listening to him. Amen. He knew it was going to happen. Mm. Oh, but the, but the election was stolen. You have to understand. Well, was God caught in the hop? Some people did hear that Trump wasn't going to get in. But, but people, oh you're, oh, oh, you're a false prophet. Oh, you're coming against the group thing. See, the problem with Christianity is, I mean, mainstream Christianity, is it's groupthink. And to speak against it, especially in very sensitive areas like Russia, Ukraine, as in saying, you know, uh, let's just pray God's will be done. I had a a friend who during the Scottish independence referendum, Mm -hmm. now he was a unionist, but he took the view saying to people, look folks, let's just pray that God's will be done. That's the safest prayer. That's a prayer we can all pray. That's a prayer that, you know, whatever happens and it's God's will, we'll we'll accept it, we'll receive it. And he said, it was no sooner out of his mouth than some woman says, you're demon possessed. Because you're saying God's will be done. That's how they think, folks. So when you say, let's pray God's will be done, so you're pro-Putin then. No, pro-God. Pro-God's pro God, word. Pro-His will. You, you remember, remember that? Yeah. All oh, right. Yahweh is he that sitteth. As he sits in his rest in the heavens, so we sit in his rest, not our rest, here on earth. We are seated at rest. Whose rest? His rest. Amen. To be a father to your nation means that you sit in authority over your nation. Because you don't get to sit down unless you have authority. You don't get to sit down unless it's on a throne. That's what it's talking about seated in a throne. You sit in authority over your nation. That's what it means to be seated, to be a father, to be a mother to your nation. The authority is granted you by God the Father, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. There are thrones in and over nations that Yahweh has appointed for spiritual fathers and mothers to govern those nations. God has a throne for everybody in this room. I'm talking about a functioning throne. I'm not just talking about overseated with Christ. What I'm trying to say is, is that there are roles that only you can step into. And and if you don't step into them, God will either uh, have to find someone else who will. You know, when, when kings go uh, traveling and when they go out in the battlefield, they have portable thrones. Mm. That's what I'm really talking about here. The Lord is saying, I've set up a throne for you over this situation, yeah. over this scenario, over this circumstance. This is the job of God's ecclesia and is available for every believer, but only matured ones will properly function it 
I've just got a wee bit to go, then that's me. Yahweh told Jesus to sit and be at rest until his enemies were put under his feet, didn't he? It is not that Jesus is sitting twiddling his thumbs. He legislates and wields the scepter, but from a place of rest, not agitation. If you're agitated, shut your mouth. Because you don't want to decree something that doesn't come from rest. And rest by rest, I mean faith. See, the Bible says it's a, it's a rest of faith. Not a rest of, oh, 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 or worry or agitation. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We are to function from rest, not hard labor. Now, hard labor is good. Diligent labor uh, is good. But only if it's from rest. Does that make sense? Yes. Might even sound a bit of a, you know, an oxymoron. But we, we, when we work hard, we're not doing it striving. We're doing it, um, but from rest stuff, from faith stuff. Being a father means learning to sit and govern. And the natural. That's why he uses this term father or mother. Because and he likens uh, the, the leading of churches to being a father or mother in a home, doesn't he? But you must govern and rule from rest. Children rush about. Adolescents and young men love their activities and proving what they can do. But there comes a time when men and women must mature and settle down. Where are you going to find mum? Where are you going to find dad? Sitting at rest. Mum may be at the kitchen table. Dad in his favourite chair. Watching the footy. Amen? Amen. Or westerns. But the point is, is that you don't have to hunt a father and mother because they're never in. They're always in. This is the meaning of the word rest in Hebrews chapter 4, to settle and dwell. This is what it means. It indicates habitation, not visitation. A father's role, a mother's role is to sit at rest in his or her home and inhabit the territory. Somebody comes to cause bother, who's first out the chair? The mother or the father? <laughs> Am I right? Not the children, not the dog. Because that's the father's job. That's a mother's job. Amen? Fathers, and we're just going to close this. Fathers of nations are called by Yahweh to inhabit their allocated territory on thrones of authority. Amen? That includes where you live, the town you live, the community you live, the, the, the city you live in, the country you live in, the nation you live in. Yeah? He is looking for fathers. God is looking for fathers who will stop rushing around doing church and ministry activities. Trying to be somebody in the church mountain. Trying to make a name for myself. Yeah? yeah. Amen. Trying to get a platform. Yeah. Amen. So folk, folk can see how, how really how good a minister I am. No, he's looking for people who will take responsibility for their nation and sit at rest on seats of heavenly dominion. Wow. Praise the Lord.